0: Hopes for what they already have, but if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He teaches, and He who He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. be seated. Well, how is everybody today? Good? Good. We just want to welcome you and welcome all those who are watching by Facebook, our friends out there. All right. Are we ready? Oh, come on. Are we ready? Okay. You're free to go. Now, that can be taken one of two ways, okay? But no, you're not allowed to leave yet as much as you want to head out and go grab some lunch right now, beat the crowds and the whole nine yards, you're not allowed to go. But listen to what, listen, listen to this. This is one of those things to where it's like, you know, we talk to our kids and you were talking and we're like, you know what, I know they're just not listening they're hearing me, but they're not listening to me. I need you to listen. So with that in mind, listen, you're free to go. You're free to go. 28 years before Theophilus Wilson heard these words, he was wrongfully imprisoned. As a teenager, he and his friends were accused of participating in the murder of three individuals. The case, now described as the perfect storm of injustice, was marred serious by serious misconduction of the prosecution, an ineffective defense, and a witness who supplied a false testimony a liar further evidence has come to light proving his innocence January of this year Mr. Wilson walked out of prison a free man his mother said it is a beautiful day and I thank God that this has finally happened accused a person who is blamed for wrongdoing a person whom an offense is brought against false testimony an untrue testimony lying condemned the understanding or the belief of being disapproved of the sentencing of someone being punished You see, from a spiritual standpoint, we often allow ourselves to be guided through this process, and we end up in prison. Today, we're continuing on in our series, Knowing What You Have, the Spirit of God. I titled this, Chainbreaker, Intercessor, and Wisdom, Chainbreaker. We don't often hear that word referred to with the Holy Spirit, do we? But Jesus came to set the captives free, didn't he? Oftentimes, we allow ourselves to go through this process of being accused, listening to the lies, feeling condemned, convicting ourselves, and therefore putting ourselves in prison, don't we? It could be that as we listen to the things that the enemy would speak into our ears, the way that he sticks his fingers in our minds and swirl the way we think, distorts our mindsets, that prison is our only option. That we walk into a jail cell and we sit down and we allow sadness, loneliness, Fear, worry, anxiety to be our shackles. It locks us down. We don't feel like we can move. We don't feel like we can interact with someone. We don't feel like we can speak. We don't feel like we can step into the promises that God has given us. We stay still, we're frozen because we've been convicted. I'm guilty. I'm locked down. I'm not free. 2 Corinthians 3:17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Last week we talked about where the Spirit of the Lord is. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you believe in His death, burial, and resurrection, then the Holy Spirit, according to the Bible, has been deposited where? In you. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do you have the Spirit of the Lord? Because if you do, and I know that you do, then you have freedom. You are liberated you're not chained the prison door is not locked the shackles are a figment of your spiritual imagination because the reality is spiritually is that those chains have been broken that you are free and that you are not a slave to the fear the anxiety the worry the sadness, the hopelessness, the loneliness, and whatever else it may be. That the enemy has fooled you into thinking that has chained you. You're not. Moving out of that prison cell is stepping in faith. Right? Stepping in faith, because I believe that I, I feel like I'm chained. I don't feel like I can move. I, don't, I just feel like this fear has locked me down. Worry and anxiety just, just comes over me, and I can't even think straight. But it's time to step in faith. You see, when Joshua was about to step into the promised land, the Lord came to him, and he said, Wherever you place your foot, I'll give you. That's promise, Joshua 1, three. Wherever you place your foot, I'll give you. What was the key to Joshua engaging that promise? Stepping. That's right. Stepping into what he'd given, what God had promised him, what God had given him. You know, Joshua could have sat on the other side of the, the Jordan River all day long, and he could have walked around and told everybody, hey, do you want you see that land across the river over there? That's mine. That's my promised land over there. Right? You see that land over there? That's mine. Well, then my question to Joshua would have been, so what are you doing here? Right? What, what are you doing here? Well, I'm supposed to cross that. Jordan, I'm supposed to take a step. Because the Lord promised me wherever I step, He'll give me. Sometimes that's physically. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's emotionally sometimes it's spiritually that you are stepping forth into what god has promised you and realizing that what you think has chained you or the prison cell that you feel like you have been living in is all a spiritual figment of your imagination because when you have the holy spirit that lives in you you are a remember what we talked about walking ark of the covenant Imagine trying to put the walking ark of the covenant, the ark of covenant of God, in a jail cell. It cannot be contained. But oftentimes we live in our jail cells. Our broken and our fractured relationships come from sometimes accusations you know there's something that the lord shared with me a long time ago things are not what they seem things are not what they seem and we can talk about reality and we could go you know ian this person and this person says this about me this is what my relationship is with them and that's my that's reality well that's that's your reality my question is what's god's reality This is that shift that I've been talking about of moving from what we see physically to understand what's happening and what's taking place spiritually. You see, once we start operating from the way God sees things, then we are free, yes, free indeed. Because the Bible tells us, and I said it earlier, that Jesus was sent to set the captives free. That's you. That is you. So, in understanding that, and that the Holy Spirit lives within us, and that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom, I think it's time that we start making a list of our jail cells. Where do you feel trapped? What do you think that you can't break? What, are you, what do you think is holding on to you That is keeping you where you are. Name it, church. Name it. Because what the enemy wants to do is keep you where you are. He doesn't want you to cross your Jordan. He doesn't want you to step into your promised land. Because when you step into your promised land, guess what else you bring to those around you? Freedom. Joshua led a people into the promised land, did he not? For their freedom. Now, whether you want to admit it or not, you are a leader. You are a leader. And each one of us, in our own respects, you are a leader. Because you have a sphere of influence. You have a sphere of impact. That God has given you lead them to freedom our children's time am I the only one that could just go okay well church is over I mean they they just do amazing but even we talked about the, the miracles why did Jesus do miracles so that other people would see who he is correct that would draw them into a belief of who he is As you step into your promised land, you are someone's miracle that they're watching. And in your boldness, in you being courageous, people will see who God is through you. And they'll want to join. And It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. God is in the business of using people flowing through them so that he is seen and put on display. But some of us, myself included, are in prisons, and we need out, and God knows that. And he has deposited the power that raised Jesus Christ within us to free us. Now, I can say that, you know... The power that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in you. True? True, it is. But I'm going to be very honest. What does that mean to me? I have never seen anyone raised from the dead. So I don't have a a point of relation to that. I need God to meet me where I am in all of his loving kindness and in all of his grace and show me his power. And if he, as he said he would, would set me free from the prison cell that I'm in, then let me tell you, church, man, that makes me alive. Because that's my life. That's where he's worked in me. And I can testify to that and I can give testimony to that and I can have joy over that. Because He is who He says He is. And I am free. And I am not the same person that I was. And those around me get to watch this happen. Do I enjoy being up in front of everything? No, I don't. Preferably, I would rather sit in the back where you guys are. But the fact of the matter is, that's not the path He's chosen for me right now. So, Go big or go home, right? For in this, let's do this. And so what are my prisons? Because I am told, and I believe it, that the power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, and if he can raise Jesus from the dead, he can certainly open an unlocked prison door for my life. True? True? Amen. There is power in our words, church. There are power in our words. God didn't bring us this far, all of us, to leave us to rot in prison. There is freedom. There's freedom. So we get to the point of of facing what's happening in our own prisons, and we're looking at this, and we've made a list of them, and we have named them. Then all of a sudden, what in the world am I supposed to do from this point? The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. Because You know what? I can be in a situation and in a prison and wondering, how am I going to break free from this worry? How am I going to break free from my fear? And I don't know what now, what, now what? I don't know what to do. But the Holy Spirit, who searches the deep things of God, will pray on your behalf. The Holy Spirit knows the will of God, does He not? 1 John 5, 14. It's on the back of our bulletin. I love this verse. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if, he, if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Ephesians is telling us that this, the Holy Spirit, that has searched the deep things of God, knows the will of God, and He will pray for you. Tell me that prayer is not going to get answered. Right? So there are times when we don't know what to say. And you know what? That's the best place you can be. Because when you don't know what to say, then you have the Holy Spirit that steps in and intercedes for you. I thought about this question as I was preparing If you could ask anyone, dead or alive, to pray for you, who would it be? If you could ask anyone, dead or alive, to pray for you, who would it be? Absolutely, Jesus. I'm going to confess. My first name that came to my mind was Billy Graham. Do you see where I'm going with that? Well, you know, he's close to God. Or I start going through the Rolodex. You know, who could pray for me that's, that I know is close to God, that, that, that God would listen to? I'm not going to make one comment about anyone sitting in here. <laughs> but the, I went to, I start thinking about that. You know what I mean? Well, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God, that knows the will of God, that lives in me, will pray for me. Church, that's power. That's power. And oftentimes, too, we think about, well, I don't know what to say. And for me to get to that point or that that mental state, usually it has to be some type of a tragedy, right? Right? I just don't know what to, oh man, I just, there's no words for what's happening right now. I think oftentimes we miss a point in our relationship with God that when we realize that we're dealing with loneliness or fear or anxiety or brokenness or hurt or betrayal, that we default To feeling like there's something that i have to say and that i could figure this out on what to pray but we're getting offered right out of the bat to go you know what leave it in the hands of the holy spirit and let him pray on your behalf because he knows the will of god and whatever god hears in prayer that is according to his will he will answer it so at points there is a surrender and a submission the holy spirit that lives within you to work on my behalf god here is my prison here are the chains that are holding me i'm asking you to show me how to remove those i'm asking you to move on my behalf i'm asking you to remove them because see that is where we enter in the realm of miracle sometimes It's instantaneous. Sometimes it's a process. But we enter into that realm of God moving on our behalf, allowing us to become everything that He's designed us to be, freeing us from the things that we thought chained us and bound us so that He can show Himself strong to those whom we are leading. church i firmly believe i am not the only minister in this place i am not you are your sphere of influence and your range of impact is astronomical the job that you go to is your pulpit The grocery store that you walk into is your pulpit. Your life touches more people than I believe mine ever would. That's why I've always said we're doing this together. This is about us moving outside these four walls and allowing Jesus to be put on display through us. It's not just one person, and it is unfair for me to carry the entire load because I can't do it when you that sit out there are so much more gifted than I am. That's why we are doing this. The Holy Spirit that lives in us is our chain breaker. He is our intercessor and He is our wisdom. The Bible tells us in James, James 1.5, if you lack wisdom, ask. And the Holy Spirit that is within you who knows the heart of God and called the spirit of wisdom from the Old Testament to the New Testament, will share with you what you need to know when you need to know it. Now, there's a trust factor there because we like to know all the answers, don't we? Okay, I like to know all the answers, but we do like to know the answers. We like to know what's going on, don't we? We... we it, I am famous for running scenarios. Anybody else a scenario runner? Oh, see, that does my heart so good. But we are, we run scenarios because if this happens, then I'm ready here. And if this happens, then I'm ready here. And if they do this and this and this, then I can shift and do this and this and this. See, I need to know and I want to know. It's it's a desire of mine to know all of those things. So for me to step away from those things, which is actually my own desire to have control, And I step away from those things and it is a matter of trust and faith. Trust and faith. It's not about always having the plan or a plan. But it's through that step of faith that God puts himself on display. And he shows himself strong. And people stop believing in what a great person Ian is and they begin to see the truth of the matter that God is who he says he is and he is the one that's in control and he is the one that I need to put my eyes on. So to trust that, ask for wisdom. God will share with with you what you need to know, when you need to know it, And he'll answer all of the other wonderful questions of who, what, where, when, why, and how. Because you know what? Whether we want to admit it or not, we want to know the answers. God, tell me who. Tell me when. Tell me how. As a matter of fact, God, don't tell me when because I just want to do it on my own time. Hmm? Right? But he is the Lord. And he is God. God and we have submitted ourselves to him so we are in that process of trusting him and we can trust him because he knows all and he searches the deep things of god isn't that amazing the holy spirit searches the deep things of god that means he knows all of it right Who here wants someone to search your deep things? Mm -hmm. See, about right now is when everybody says, "Um, didn't you say that we were free to go? (laughs) Because I'm about, uh uh-uh, we're not getting into that. But the truth is, is that, you know what? The Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. And He knows you. God knows you. Before you were formed in the womb, God knows you. Therefore, if the Spirit can search the deep things of God, and you are in God's heart and mind, then the Spirit knows the things about you. And He knows where you are, and He knows what's going on in your life. He knows what your desires are, what your wants are. He knows what He wants to use you for, and why He created you, and why He made you. Let him share those things with you, church, and you will see the miraculous happen in your life. And you will see it. One of my favorite verses. Through some tough times in my life, the Lord gave me this verse Psalm 27. Psalm 27, 13. This is David speaking in, in a triumphant from a triumphant position. I am confident, I am still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land.